Greetings, everyone. You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane at 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Art Hour. I'm your host, Mike Malsom, along with Eric Woodard. Today's interview is a replay of an earlier interview we had with Chantel Jackson, a Spokane poet and visual artist. Chantel is currently one of 16 artists of color painting their story on a large Black Lives Matter mural in downtown Spokane. In support of this collaborative mural project, let's listen again to Chantel Jackson as she shares her life story of taking risks and becoming a full-time artist. everyone. You're listening to KORS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Art Hour, and I'm your host, Mike Malsom. And I'm your other host, Eric Woodard. Eric, today we have uh, a very interesting person that I've actually met a little while ago, um, and her name is Chantel Jackson. And so, welcome, Chantel, to Art Hour. Thank you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, Chantel, as we've been... Um, Eric and I have been holding back and asking questions while we're getting ready here. But just first of all, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you, because I don't believe you're from Spokane, right? Right. So tell us a little bit about where you're from, how you got to Spokane, and then we'll kind of work back into your art and poetry. Yeah. Um, So originally, I am from Buffalo, New York. Um, I was raised in Buffalo, um, and... I, that's home. (laughs) I always say 716 uh, to the 509. Um, And I moved out to Washington 15 years ago uh, to work out at Eastern Washington University. Um, Fresh out of undergrad, just came and (laughs) didn't know anyone, no family, no friends, just kind of took the risk. And here I am 15 years later. Holy cow. So, uh, I mean... Well, first of all, where did you get your? Uh, where did you go to school and get yeah. your undergrad uh, degree in? Um, I went to Cuca College. It's a small private um, liberal arts college in, uh, I guess you could say upstate New York. It's um, near. It's on the Finger Lakes, so um, it's uh, Cuca Lake is one of the lakes, and it's near like um, Ithaca, Cornell, in that area of New York. Um, about two hours east of Buffalo, I think. And um, yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I got my degree in political science and history. Mm-hmm. Um, I had dreams of being a lawyer. Um, and yeah, I think I knew early on that it wasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't the path for me. So, I mean, Spokane is a long ways from upstate New York, mm-hmm. uh, Buffalo. What what made you, did you know somebody here or you just kind of drop the finger on the map and say, hey, Spokane no. is where this landed? <laughs> so here's my confession, my very embarrassing confession that, you know, if I was on one of those shows where they caught you on the street and held out a map to point to different states, I'd do terrible. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, so the confession is after undergrad, I needed a job and 
Um, I, you know, in college was pretty involved and had done different things, student leadership. I was an RA. Um, and I didn't know that you could do that for a profession. And so one of my mentors uh, directed me on how I could um, be a hall director or work in a housing department, like students who live in the dorms. And so I started doing that job search. And so I sent my resume. I don't even know. This is before online processes, right? Like you could find the job online, but I was at Kinko's like printing out bunches of resumes, you know? (laughs) Um, And I sent my resume everywhere. And so when Eastern Washington called me, I initially thought it was Washington, D.C. So I didn't really know that there was a Spokane, Washington. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you wouldn't be the only one. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think it's a common East Coast thing, you know. And so when I talked to my family, I was talking to my mom. I'm like, I got an interview. And, you know, that's really cool because we could just drive. And my mom says, well, no, are we going to Washington State or are we going to D.C.? And I was like, we're going to Washington. Like, that's what. Yeah. And <laughs> it's so funny because on the East Coast, still Spokane or even Cheney, it's like, are you going to Seattle or are you, you know, mm, people yeah, don't really recognize yeah, right. like this side of the state or really know much about it unless mm-hmm. um, you have someone who's, you know, told you about it. So what did you do out at Eastern? What was your job there? Yeah, so I spent um, a big part of my professional career as a hall director. Um, So I worked in the dorms um, as the professional of the building. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it was a lot of administration work, but it was also a lot of, um, I mean, my... I don't want to put it in a parent role, but that's really what you're doing. I mean, you're reminding students of the things that maybe they forgot when, you know, they left home. Like, hey, just because you're here now doesn't mean you don't have to flush toilets, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just because you're so a lot of um, a lot of programming. um, It was a really fun job. I mean, at 22, it was really fun because you're I mean, the students that I worked with initially, some of them were older than me. I was going to say. At 22, yeah, because yeah. yeah, Eastern is a very, I mean, the campus is unique and it draws in a lot of non-traditional, that 18 mm-hmm. fresh out of high school group. And so the hall I was in, um, the north side of the building was 21 and above. And so I had residents who were 30, 40, 50, you know, and then the other side was freshmen. And so it was really this funky mix of people and of course the north side um and I came in in the middle of the year and so I was just (laughs) mitigating a lot of like those young people (laughs) 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 you know and like young people actually just up to shenanigans doing what 18 year olds do Mm. um so anyways the first um 10 year uh I, I don't know how long, but I was a hall director and then I got promoted. And I mean, I was still acting as a hall director, but it was a little more, um, had more responsibility. So I'm at this point, like coordinating trainings and um, putting on, um, like helping do job uh, searches for our community advisors, like our RAs and mm-hmm. different things like that. So a lot of admin work, a lot of fun, a lot of, I mean, I learned a lot. I would say my professional everything that I know about 
professionalism like I learned being at Eastern and just how to work with parents how to work with students how to you know not just put them all into this same grouping and really understand and support them um so it was a fun time and then my last three years at Eastern I was the um coordinator for residential and multicultural education Mm. so I worked out of the main office and just helped to um put on academic programs help our students be good like how do you study um you know what does it look like to go to the library how do you actually read textbooks right um the things that I didn't know as a freshman I'm like have these big books and I'm trying to read it like at the first to the beginning and it's like someone was like there's a better way you don't have to read the whole book (laughs) (laughs) so um and then I was responsible for also putting on programs that just kind of help students um increase their cultural competence cultural awareness help Mm -hmm. understand themselves understand their peers and others and how to just be good to one another so I, I'm an Eastern grad, mm-hmm. and, and I, I spent a year at Dressler, one of the, the oh, cans yeah. there. I would have been one of those students you probably would have uh-huh. sit down <laughs> and have a little chat with. Yeah. Now, you know, you're, you're, well, then I was even probably about 20 mm-hmm. when I got, got there. But anyway, uh, but I loved Eastern. But mm-hmm. so, um, but I know I, I was really surprised when I first met you. It was at a poetry reading, mm-hmm. and we we uh, chatted. And then I saw you this past summer with all this whole display of artwork uh-huh. and everything at the uh, Terrain Bazaar mm-hmm. Bazaar um, this summer. So I thought, holy cow! I, you've got this other side, you know, mm-hmm. of that. So when did you get interested in? Uh, the arts, the poetry, yeah. and also the visual arts and mm-hmm. stuff you're doing right now. Yeah, so I would say poetry, I have always kind of done, not always, but in college. I mean, I don't know if that's like a a, a quintessential, like you go through this angsty poetry. Like, I still have that book. It's mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm like, where were you? What, <laughs> what yeah. was actually happening? I had one of those and I actually set it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, no joke. I didn't want anybody to ever see it. Right, yeah. Like, why haven't I set it on fire yet? <laughs> Keeps you humble, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so I had, I mean, in college, I just wrote a lot. And I think that was like the one way to connect to my feelings I guess even if they were just looking back but also it was the mind of like an 18 19 Mm. 20 year old Mm -hmm. who depending on you're going through what feels like a lot and um, I don't know that I would say I would want to go back to the good life (laughs) being a college (laughs) student you know Um, but yeah my love for poetry was probably my first creative um endeavor of just kind of writing it and I didn't really share it a whole lot but when I did share it people were like whoa why don't you share this more and like I don't know is you know um so when I came to Spokane I still wrote a whole lot and the visual art I just one day I think it again it was another way to process how I was feeling about a thing that had happened and um I just picked up a paintbrush, got some acrylic paint, actually went to the campus bookstore and I'm like, hey, they have paint stuff. I I think I'm going to try this. And it was really 
a process um, that I really enjoyed. And from there, I just have not stopped. I just, if I can learn something, if I can figure it out, and really that's when I feel, um, I don't, it just feels like what I'm supposed to be doing if I'm painting or creating something. Um, that is what brings me the most joy. And um, yeah, so I would say probably in 2007, I started painting and getting into different creative things. And then eventually I was like, well, maybe I should try to show some things and see how that goes. And so from there, it's just kind of taken off. So what does that look like when you said you, you're going to learn something? So you pick up the paints and obviously I've, I've picked up paints and I don't know what the heck I'm doing and yeah. you probably didn't know either. Right. So what does that look like? How Do you find a community that helps you? Do you take classes? Do you go onto YouTube? I mean, what does that look like where you, you learn to paint or are you pretty much just self-taught all the way? Yeah, I would say initially I was self-taught. I didn't know a whole lot about the medium other than acrylic is really like the paint they give you in school you know yeah, so right. <laughs> so if you know how to do a little bit of that so i mean i learned a lot through that and then i don't i don't feel like pinterest was a thriving thing so i didn't have a pinterest to go to or i didn't really youtube so it's really just really about process and how i was feeling and just trying it um and then as i would try other things um like oil paints i would go online and maybe figure out how do you use oil paints what does that look like what um so i didn't necessarily find a community i think i just self-taught and as you know the internet became more robust in resources mm -hmm. I would go to the internet and I did learn that I do not enjoy oil painting it's <laughs> so so we have a guest that goes oil painting it's easy because you can just rub it away rub it away and yeah. start again and I've had other people say acrylics easy way to go because I don't know maybe it's just like yeah. what you were saying I think it just depends yeah. I'm I'm not patient it takes forever to dry. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you forget about it, you like set something down, you know, or I'm like, yeah, it's still wet. Mm. What is happening? You know? <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> so for somebody who hasn't seen your works, what, what do they look like? Do you do uh, large or small? Uh, what, what, how would you characterize your work? Um, my visual art, I would characterize, um, well, it's kind of been a progression. So um, I started with just small canvas with a bunch of acrylic paintings. Um, and I would really um, focus on color and texture. So um, a lot of my older work, if you were to look at it, it is, some of it is just, it's not great. Hmm. I mean, but I always, I always say like, well, I didn't make it for really people to like or take in. I really made it as a part of a process. And so those process pieces, um, a lot of color um, and a lot of texture, uh, that was kind of the first. So I loved the shapes and, you know, that felt easy. And then how do I blend color in? And then maybe how do I add texture? So um, I would sometimes use puffy paint to add mm. texture um, and then maybe paint over that. And then I learned about different mediums. So um, then I went through a phase of I loved um, found objects. So I went through a phase where uh, I have a bunch of work that it has that vintage look, vintage feel to it. A lot of um, distressed painting. Again, still love color, um, playing with a lot of color, playing with a lot of texture. Like how do I reproduce something that looks like 
a piece of rust like on a painting so I have pieces that look like that and then moving further into um, my artistic endeavors now a lot of my work is um, I mean a lot I do a lot of mixed media so some might be um, um, block prints with some acrylic with some um, another medium on top of that. So I would say small scale still, still small scale work. And some of the bigger scale work that I have is really experimental of just trying different things, but a lot of abstract. So, um, I have some pieces that, um, I really try to create a thing, um, and that isn't as fun to me because I'm trying to create a thing <laughs> versus just allowing whatever happens on the canvas or the paper to happen. Um, so I would say if you were to look at just a few pieces, color and texture is always going to be something that runs through my artwork. And now I my focus is um, I have a lot of... Um, ink now my work is ink drawing so a lot of line detailed fine line work um so that would be how i would describe characterize well i've always yeah. found it interesting when people do that when they use the creative process of just whatever comes out because sometimes themes emerge you notice some things that pop out that you mm -hmm. didn't even try mm -hmm. to do have you noticed some things that just keep popping out even though you don't really mean to yeah i would say in my line work um i and it, I say line work and what does that mean? But um, a lot of it, I guess it could be if to help people to draw a picture when like the Zentangle was really big and people were doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that type of work, but except more detailed. And there are some themes that happen, like anything that I do that aren't just like lines that create shapes like triangles or squares. Um, but if I'm doing more of a... Um, like circle like rounded lines like it's interesting the themes that just continue to come up because it um i i will look at it in my lines no matter what i do they all just kind of go one way hmm. i'm like hmm. can i not draw <laughs> the other way what's up with that um so I would say that just, I mean, it's something so small, but I intentionally try in that process to see if I could like take it in a different direction and what would that look like? And sometimes I get something kind of funky. Um, so yeah, I would say sometimes those themes come up and, um, or I'll get stuck on a color or really creating like this texture, which isn't as fun because if it's a texture thing, it doesn't take, sometimes it doesn't take much. And I'm like, oh, it's over. <laughs> you know, it's just, it might just be like a yeah. stroke. And, you know, I just really like the way that it blends with this other thing. So you talk about color and texture a lot. Um, and and your, your process is more, the fun part of it anyway, is more the discovery of what starts to unfold mm -hmm. as opposed to planning things. Mm -hmm. Although when you were first talking about all of the mixed media and that you were, you were kind of very similar to Tracy uh, Poindexter mm -hmm. who we had on a while back and that's where I saw you at her show yeah. except she said when she got she had something in mind and then that's kind of where it diverged but color and texture and 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 kind of self-discovery as the process goes is that also a theme of I mean is is that part of your personality uh 
Uh, you seem to be a little bit of a risk taker. I mm-hmm. mean, you went from Buffalo, mm-hmm. upper state New York, and decided to come clear over here to Spokane, which has got to be a little bit of a culture shock coming mm-hmm. from the east side o- over here. Um, and then, you know, um, just recently, uh, and we'll talk about this more, you know, leaving um, your position out at uh, Eastern, which also is a big risk. Yep. And we'll talk about that. But is, t- is that uh, just a part of your personality? Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I am a risk taker, and um, there are, um, so in like a social, cultural context, like I understand all the things at play, right? Um, however, I have just always kind of been that person, that kid. I've actually joked about this a lot lately, Um because I recently, <laughs> I recently <laughs> did a play at Stage Left, uh, oh. Stage Left, um, and it was Fast and Furious Seven, and it's a reader's play where you have like thirty some odd plays, and they're just like one page, and you're, you know, acting. And so, um, what happens a lot is, you know, I'll, and this is my life, right? I'm telling my mom, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do a play, and she's like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, right, right. And so, yeah, I remember when I was in the eighth grade, maybe seventh or eighth grade, I came home one day and I tell my mom, I say, hey, uh, so tomorrow there's a track meet. They need people. I'm going to go do the track meet. And my mom is like, since when do you run track? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. She said she needed people. We run in gym. I don't, what do you? (laughs) Since when do you run in track? What time is it? (laughs) Right, exactly. Two hours. Let me tell you, I was the worst. Like, it was terrible. This, you know, I'm not an athlete, right? (laughs) Like, I was, I was last in almost everything. Um, And I had asthma. I don't know. My mom, she's just like, when, (laughs) how, you know? So I've always just kind of wanted to explore and try things and, um, experience creative things or I just don't have a lot of trepidation about trying um, different creative things. Now I do have trepidation about things like riding roller coasters mm-hmm. or like free diving off of cliffs and stuff like that. Yeah. No, not Things for me. that actually could kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so these things that you risk taking, are these things that you've always said, I've always wanted to do it and now I'm going to do it? Or is it just it appears and you go, why the heck not? Yeah, I think some of it is um, with art. I think I've I maybe always wanted to try, and it's just that I also am kind of I won't say it. Um, you know, when you're seventeen, eighteen, you just kind of got an attitude about you. So when I took art in high school, I very much had that like, but she can't grade me. It's art, <laughs> you know. It, how can you grade art? It's my expression, you know. So I didn't do good, and I didn't take away some fundamental lessons. But I think had I, it would have maybe helped me a little bit more. But you know, I I think the taking risk is, um, yeah. I don't know. I just <laughs> well, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, I wouldn't. And be you here, wouldn't yeah. probably have the body of work you have, both in yeah. your poetry as well as your visual art Mm -hmm. had you not just dove in i mean we talk about that all the time you know yeah um just this radio show is an example of that yeah Yeah. sometimes you just say ready fire aim yeah right you just fire before you have any time to think about Mm -hmm. how it could go wrong right yeah yeah Yeah. exactly 
And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, what am I doing? Don't actually want to be doing this thing. Well, yeah, I tell my students, I say, saying yes feels really good and saying no also feels really yes. good. Because sometimes <laughs> I say yes and then I do it and I say no, <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But at least now I know I don't want to do it again. For right? sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And Art Hour, Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. We got the blues done. Surely ain't got to make the Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, The Blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. I'm living for the weekend. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. You're invited to cruise Americana Avenue with me, Jim Tate, in your car or at the office, each Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m. You'll hear the best and progressive American roots music in a multitude of styles. It's Americana Avenue on your radio station, KYRS. Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you. Just $3 a month helps keep KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting Give KYRS to 44321. That's all one word Give KYRS to 44321. So, Chantelle, as, as we were on the break, I said one of the things that I always like asking. Um, artists is how they decided to kind of take the plunge and you took the plunge i was going to ask you earlier but you kept talking about eastern in the past tense uh-huh. <laughs> and recently you uh stepped down from your position at eastern yeah. and uh the question is why did you step down and what did you decide to do instead yeah yeah <clears throat> good question um mm. so i you know it's it's multi-layered and I think one of the biggest things that I come back to is I um, I love the students at Eastern and I worked with some really good people, but my heart wasn't in it anymore and um, I just wasn't... Um, I wasn't giving it my best. I wasn't excited to go there anymore. Um, I was just kind of getting by and that's not my... Um, that's not how I work. If I'm working, I, I go in and I go hard and I work hard. And I mean, I had given 15 years at Eastern and, um, not to say that like 
before I started feeling like I wasn't giving my all that I was always just go, go, go work hard. But I would say by and large, like that is my work ethos. Like I just, I have to feel it. I have to be in it. And I just didn't feel it. I wasn't in it anymore. And, um, you know, and I, I think a myriad of things are happening <clears throat> at that institution and, you know, I didn't need to be a part of it. And uh, fortunately, and I, th- I recognize also like this comes from a place of some um, like privilege that I was able to have a self-funded sabbatical. So I'm just like, I am leaving and I am going to take a sabbatical or I'm quitting. I don't know. I'm unemployed. <laughs> but I think the term I've laid on or landed on is self-funded sabbatical. And right now, I mean, I'm in week five. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was recent. <laughs> yeah, I didn't this realize is very that. recent. Oh, yeah. yeah. February 3rd was my last day. So it's um, it's been a little over a month. And um, I did have a plan. And as it goes with like, hey, I'll try anything, right? <laughs> Saying mm-hmm. yes. I've said yes to a lot. And so my original plan, I haven't like stuck to. Um, in the midst of that, I said the first two months I would uh, finish writing my thesis. I finished all my course coursework um, for a master's, my communications and public admin degree. Um, and I just can't finish that paper. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so... Um, there's that. And then I really do want to focus on this creative part and how can I turn that into something that is, you know, me being an entrepreneur and working for myself. And I don't think a year is enough time to really, you know, get it to take off. But I think I have a year. That's what I've given myself um, to really explore what is it that I really want to be doing, what brings me joy, um, but also how can I sustain myself and, you know, mm-hmm. how can I um, still survive? Um, yeah. And what kind of discoveries have you made in these five weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, I so I have to I do have to um, just kind of bring it back a little bit because I have just been go, go, go. Things have just come up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yes, I will do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, that sounds great. Uh, No, thank you. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So I've been saying a lot of yeses and I haven't really the intention was to really take some time and um, kind of pour back into myself in ways that. Um, I think when you're passionate about work or you're a professional or in any field you don't do. Um, and so I really haven't, what I've learned is that I'm not good at being intentional about taking that time for myself. And so, um, the next, um, well now I don't know. I, like I did have a plan. I'm like, I'll, I'll go somewhere. I'll travel. Cause I really want to write and I want to be intentional, but I'm, I'm not nervous to travel. I just, there's a lot with, you know, COVID. And so now I'm like, man, I guess I'll just have to plan a retreat in my little studio downtown, Mm. you know, (laughs) and take care of myself in that way. Um, So I think that's been kind of one of the things in that I actually just, I have a lot of things that I want to do creatively. I just need to sit down and uh, get the discipline to plan it out and do it um, so that, you know, I do have some form of sustainability, even if I choose back to go back into higher education or a similar field that um, would complement the skills that I have professionally. 
Yeah, and it sounds like you're just trying to develop a plan because you got a year. You clearly have a deadline. Mm-hmm. You say, where do I want to be at the end of that year? And that's a, that's a really open question at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. And how am I going to get there? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's mm-hmm. it's open, um, and I, I have no clue what it looks like. <laughs> and it's kind of exciting because I have this time, and I'm just less worried I think probably you know around month eight I might say all right you know what's going on my plan is like in six months you know do a job search if it feels like it's not taking off but um in it I mean what is it right (laughs) yeah well and and when you were saying entrepreneur I mean what are the options Mm -hmm. for somebody who wants to make a living doing art I mean what are the what are the kind of the avenues for that yeah so um I have um, one thing I have done, I have this mind map and it is ridiculous. Like I have so <laughs> many points of like, oh, this, this, this. Um, so some of the um, things that I kind of have um, going is poetry. So I'd love to develop um, a book of poetry, um, maybe a chat book or just a short book. Um, and so that doesn't answer your question because <laughs> there's not... <laughs> The money's in poetry. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that does not answer the question. But um, so, I mean, that's like one thing. And I think with that, I think where maybe there's like revenue opportunities is that you can travel and do poetry for different places. Like I worked in higher ed. So do I get on the higher ed circuit? You know, do mm-hmm. I do I take my show to the masses of like colleges and, you know, do poetry there or have workshops and, you know, because um, I know that's an option. Um, when I think about my art, I think that there are per- certain parts of my creative practices that can create revenue streams. So there are things that I can create that I can put in shops and sell. But in terms of my visual art, um, I think a little bigger than that, but it's, I don't think that that's um, necessarily revenue boosting. So like to have large scale work in galleries, um, I think that takes time. I'm not there as an artist. Like I don't have that reputation yet. You know, um, I've done some things in Spokane, but if I want to grow myself in my personal brand, like I would, you know, have to think beyond that right so I would say for me the entrepreneurship piece is what I can produce and maybe um put money behind to create like a revenue stream for me and then I have like side projects so like I do a lot of a lot when I say a lot I mean like two or three but (laughs) (laughs) um I've um done um different um graphic design projects for people so that's also something that I have a skill in that I can do um so that type of freelance work of oh you need a website yep I can do that um you need a logo yes I can do that so those are um practical ways to create revenue from you know my creative um the things that I'm good at creatively so you mentioned that you're uh, you write poetry and you brought some today, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, would yeah. you be willing to read us one and I mean kind of tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um let's see. Um so I always have poetry on me <laughs> cuz a lot of it is in my phone. Um Now do you write it on your phone? Um Recently, yeah. Hmm, I never thought about it. That's interesting. No, I yeah. just never considered. But yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because sometimes I'm out and I'm like, ooh, an idea. 
and you know it's just easier but Mm -hmm. really I love to sit down like the way I think about writing poetry is like being in a cabin on a lake (laughs) (laughs) looking out drawing inspiration (laughs) and then writing you know (laughs) with a cup of coffee in your hand looking into the middle distance yes yeah Yeah. Um, but you know I live downtown so (laughs) 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 that doesn't happen Um, let's see I have a really short one I mean it's just it's uh, yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll read that. It's sure. called Loss. Okay. Um, present, past, future. I mourn for what I've lost. I mourn for what I'm losing. I mourn for what I will lose. That's, that's it. That's Are all of your poems that dark? No. <laughs> no, no, that's just the one. I'm like, oh, here's one. Um, I have I have actually more fun ones. I have one about Spokane. Oh, I'm not saying it needs to be fun. I'm just curious. I like it dark. No, uh, I actually, I have a range. So I try to be funny and witty. Um, So I have a funny one about opinions and (laughs) it's a hard one to read because I say opinions a lot Mm. and it's just a weird word. Um, But then there are some that are kind of dark where I'm just like, I have a moment and I'm like, I got to get this out, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. too much. Yeah. You know? Can't keep it in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead and find yeah. another one. That would okay, be great. Yeah. I'd love to hear uh, let's one. see. Um, maybe this is where I find out all my poetry is dark. <laughs> like, <laughs> find another one. And... <laughs> if it's dark, that's fine, too. Yeah. Um, I actually will read the one about opinions because okay, it's great. just so, it's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's always perfect timing, it feels like, when I read this. Um, It's called People and Their Opinions. Uh, People with opinions tweet their opinions, write articles of opinion, Facebook opinions, find articles to post that match their opinions. People with an opinion about opinions retweet their opinion, write articles of opinion about opinions, Facebook counter opinions to their opinions with (laughs) others' opinions. People with experiences share stories of personal experience, personal experiences of being human, People with opinions counter experience with opinion claiming the need for facts and figures. Yet, when given facts and figures and experience, people with opinions still counter with opinions and ignorance because America, we are really, really, really great, the best. People with facts and experience counter ignorance with facts, facts that corroborate lived experience, yet... Ignorance prevails in the world wide web of opinions. And here I am, a person with an opinion speaking on opinions. <laughs> Very good. So that's some of the. Yeah. Now, I did notice even in that short poem, you like repetition. I mourn, I mourn, I mourn. And in that, is that a a pattern in in your poetry? Yeah. Yeah. Repetition. Mm Kind of like with your ink drawings. You were talking about that as well. Yeah. Uh, A lot of detail lines that repeat mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, yep. Does your uh, political science background and interest, and given, uh, without getting maybe political here, mm-hmm. but in terms of an understanding of past uh, political systems and the science uh-huh. of that and kind of where we're at that would drive that, is that kind of uh, also fuel for this this need for a change and because of some, you know, I'm just – feeling this emotion to create more maybe or take time to discover that Mm. it's just curious i mean everybody kind of takes these things for different reasons but yeah 
Um, are you are you saying like my taking? Well, you know, with today's climate, you oh, know, uh-huh. being a, for a lot of people, uh, writers and uh, I'd say musicians, mm-hmm. it, this 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 climate has been a source of emotional energy that's been written mm-hmm. into songwriting or. Uh, painting and things like that yeah I would say my poetry in particular not necessarily my visual artwork um, but my poetry in particular is a way that I can articulate the times Um, and one of my favorite quotes is um, Nina Simone it is the duty of an artist to reflect the times Um, and she's painters musicians writers whoever you are it's she felt like it was the duty and I kind of feel that in my um, poetry and I can reflect that best in my poetry um, and I can write words and make it snappy and make it thoughtful and make it witty or you know whatever so um yes there is a drive to get that out and I I like I I wouldn't say that I'm political but how could you not be Mm -hmm. right like we're impacted by everything that politics but I try not to get too involved in like the muckiness of it because you know it just <laughs> yeah ah people with opinions and facts <laughs> and opinions look so similar you know like so um yeah in my poetry i try to reflect that but it's also very personal you know um but it's not as easy to um i think in my visual art always reflect this emotion or feeling like you would have to talk to me to maybe ask maybe what I was feeling when I was creating that piece. But really, when I when you see my visual work, I kind of want the viewer to take away what they need from it and not necessarily me tell them. But I do appreciate that work, too. Like when I see visual artists who can illustrate and depict something so specific, I love that. Um, it's just that that's not my call. Like I don't feel drawn to do that. I feel more drawn to create these things that make people stop and really think like what was happening here and in the poetry it's it's out there right um you know i have pieces that do have historical political context that are super important that inform where we are today um and i have pieces that inform like where we are today and i think um bringing myself and my identities in which i feel like i am impacted by a system I need to talk about that. Like people need to understand like what it is like, you know. In that last answer, you talked about other artists who do that. What other artists have inspired you both in your poetry and your visual arts? Um, so one art that one artist that I absolutely love right now of the time, I'm terrible with like remembering names, but I know her name because <laughs> we share the same name, Chantel Martin. Um, and she is from the UK, but travels all over. Um, and she, um, her body of work, um, you, you are you why are you you I mean it's if you look at her line work and she has like these little characters it's beautiful um I am so inspired by her work and um I mean I would love to just see it in person um so if you ever if you're on Instagram or just google Chantel Martin um does she spell it the same way you do her first name yes is so yeah I kind of feel like a super fan because I'm always like (laughs) hey I like this we have the same name do you want to be friends (laughs) (laughs) mentor me I don't know Um, but her artwork is um, so inspiring and then for poets um, 
I'm trying to think who right now. Um, well, I would say one of the poets that I've always just resonated with. Um, my mom used to make me like in summers, like go get a book from the library Good for her. and write <laughs> about different things. And I hated it. then. Right? <laughs> like, it's summer. Why would you make me get a book and write stuff, you know? But one of the books I chose was a body of work by Langston Hughes. Mm. And I think, think that might have been one of the moments where I'm like whoa this poetry stuff is kind of cool and I loved what he wrote and I love Langston Hughes so um, poets from that era like the um, the Harlem Renaissance era um, and of course there's contemporary poets too I just can't think of them but if I had to think of like uh, the one Langston Hughes really um, I love his work um, and thanks to my mom, to, yeah. you know, awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to, I got to read and learn more about his work. So, and how about, uh, in the Spokane community or, um, poetry community, it's a pretty robust, uh, poetry community, really uh, as is. well as the visual artists are, yeah. uh, it's pretty amazing. But do you have somebody that you like to go to the readings or shows, you know, first Friday shows that you always try to make a point of? catching their work yeah um so for poets um some poets that i met early on um or writers so Alyssa ball Mm -hmm. um she is just so her poetry is so good she's funny and but also like intense and deep so Alyssa ball is one that just comes to mind immediately um i've also um cat smith like i i went to like this was a long time ago, a poetry picnic and there were a lot of poets and people were just reading and I was introduced to like these all different poets. So I can name off a bunch of names that maybe people know, like Sharma Shields is like one of those people. Um, And then, um, then there's like the slam poetry environment, like the whole vibe and um, fits like, does such good slam poetry like I remember I would see them and I'm like whoa you're that's super dope you know Mm -hmm. and um uh there is um AJ the wordsmith I I do love he does this thing where he's just like tell me words and he just does a poem right then and there you know um and he's just so creative um and I so there's there's people in the community that I I do love to you know watch if I go to poetry events and things of that nature um for artists um I mean I I can't think of specific artists I do love going to first Friday so if there's someone if it's a project that I it looks like very intriguing um, I'll go. Um, I'm always intrigued by um, Dan, Dan McCann. I do like mm. his work a mm. lot. Um, he's just one that comes to mind. And of course, like, you know, I have friends in the artist community that are doing some really cool things. Um, so, yeah, I yeah, it's yeah. Have you ever considered doing a work that mixes your poetry in your visual art or have you done that already? I have considered it. Um, I have. So this is a part of like my plans and getting into gallery spaces and being able to combine those two worlds of visual art and poetry, um, which is like a whole nother um, creative thing that I've kind of done is infusing um, very like these experiential art, like, you know, people get to come in and maybe interact and touch art in a way and if you touch it it triggers something that 
plays back a piece of poetry or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with the piece. So that is kind of a goal that I'm working toward. Yeah. We, um, the photographer um, had that where mm-hmm. he had Dean the, Davis. Yeah, Dean Davis had the uh, photographs of uh, several poets, and that's kind of what it was. You would ha- there was an app, mm-hmm. and there it's traveling around uh, various venues around the state. And yeah. you, so, Dean, if you're listening, yeah, uh, which <laughs> I think is like I love the the collaboration or the the combination of what you know you have a a visual represent. Uh, representation and then some sort of uh interpretation mm-hmm. through poetry or writing yeah um we've seen several of those in sports so that's really cool yeah 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 and do you have any um with this hiatus that you're taking this paid uh, self-paid sabbatical yeah. um shows or anything that you really are itching to get your work in coming um, up um well i am actually working on um i've I'm organizing um, an, a poetry night um, in April, the first Sunday in April, where it's going to be a very, um, it's kind of, it's on a Sunday night purposefully, and it's about taking in something and doing something to re-enter your Monday Right. So mm-hmm. and we're doing oh. that through poetry. Um, and then in terms of like what I would like to get my work into, um, I have a show coming up at Yes is a Feeling. Um, I think it's in April. Um, I think I should know this, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I would love to um, just, I know that there are a lot of opportunities out there um, to have like large scale work and installations. And so um, I guess without answering specifically all of them, like (laughs) I want to do it all. (laughs) So, um, yeah, there's um, there's a website that you can go and like submit and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I hope to um, within this next year, which I've started that I started when I was still working at Eastern, trying to get my work into some bigger spaces, other um, locations. Um, so, so hopefully. So if people wanted to see your work, either your poetry or your visual art, what would be the best place for them to go? Um, my website um, and it's ChantelRJ.com. Or you can go to my Instagram, which is Chantel Renee J. I'm really into my name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just easy. You and don't it's have to. S H A N T E L L. Yep. Yeah. 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 So you can go to my website, and it'll kick you to my. Um, it will kick you to my social media, but my website just has like work that you can look at and mm-hmm. see. Um, so yeah. Right on. Yeah, well, I, I admire the risk that you're taking, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for coming on our show, Chantel. Thanks for having and me. Like Eric said, best of luck. It was really great to know more about you. Thank you so much. Yeah.